0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 57, episode 5 of season 2. Coming at you from the Riverwood Gallery and Me, Your True Value studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. The studio's a little empty today. I'm Biggie Eric Fisher. Alone in the studio, but joined via Zoom with Justin Dahl. Justin, how you doing, buddy?
1: We're doing good. Some of us are playing hurt today. Uh, but I'm here and uh, I apologize in advance to our listeners. If, if you hear me uh, coughing or nasally or any, any part of that, uh, I'm just getting getting through a cold myself and um, so I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, definitely appreciate you being here. Ramsey also under the weather. Uh, so we were kind of limping into uh, the episode the way it was. No, and uh, no. have, we get through we 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 continue our our promise for our loyal listeners who are going to listen every week that we'll put out an episode every week. I was prepared to maybe even try to do it myself. I don't know how that would have gone. Luckily we want to find out this week. You know Justin. It would have been great. Eric. Uh, maybe. It would have been great. I got to say though, so um, our hosting website uh, before we get in the episode, our hosting website rss.com. They give you all these analytics of who listens? How many people listen per week? How many, et cetera? Did you know, Justin? We have listeners in three other countries. Apparently, huh? apparently we're we're big in Belgium, and really? we are. Yeah, I I kid you not. We are. I'm looking at the map right now. We've got listens, actually, in four. We had some listens in Ireland. We've had some in Belgium. All right. We had one in Austria, it looks like, one little blip of Austria, and it looks like we even got into Russia. We have a little one in, a, one little blip in Moscow.
1: Holy cow. So, what?
0: the of Wisconsin show is worldwide. I, I don't know, but good for them. Good on them. Good on them. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Keep so listening. To our, our international visitors and our listeners internationally, to our listeners across the country, which... Just in this map, I I don't even know how many state you know I don't want to sit here and count, but we've got listeners in California, we've got listeners in Oregon, and in actually it looks like a little bit into Canada. Uh, we've got Ohio right. pretty well covered. We've got Virginia. We've got uh, a little blip here in Kansas. A little bit in Dallas. We've got we've got listeners everywhere.
1: So those are just all places that Ramsey's been.
0: <laughs> poss- possibly, possibly. <laughs> Uh, but thank you to everyone who's listened. As we say every time we get an opportunity, thank you to everyone who's listened and continues to listen to and share alongside as we go through this journey. Thank you. Couldn't do it without you. And with that, got to say some thank yous to our partners, uh, monkeyknifefight.com. Justin, the money keeps going into my pocket from these people, and I'm almost starting to feel bad about it. Um, if you'll remember, not – not, a couple weeks back, actually a couple months back, before the start of the NFL season, we did a little bit of live broadcasting talking about some of their slate contests where you kind of do, um, you pick two player, or they give you two players, and you figure out if they're going to have more or less yards for the season. For like, So the one we ended up coming home with was Matt Ryan more or less than 4,300 yards and Aaron Rodgers more or less than 4,400 yards. Took the less on both of those, another times three multiplier money in my pocket or a times, times four multiplier in that one uh, so that was Bingo. that was free 20 bucks like, you know you put down five you could afford to have five dollars of fun I, you know obviously yeah. play responsibly but and you didn't even have to drive across town to place it no I didn't and that was that was the amazing thing so yeah five bucks turns into 20 just for taking a couple guesses and some some educated numbers of Okay, Aaron Rodgers has never had this many yards. Extra game, maybe he does get there, but, you know, we had, we had COVID. We had, a, you know, you figure the Packers are going to be playing pretty meaningless game, maybe week 17, week 18. That's easy money. So money in your pocket, friends over at Monkey Knife Fight, and also our partners over at Raise Energy. And I came on this episode, Justin, I was all prepared to do a big pitch for their new flavor, Blue Shock. Which, if you follow along with uh, Rays on their social medias, you knew this was coming. It was originally an insiders-only flavor, um, which I did not even get the chance to try at that time. They also decided Are they you were the gonna. Insider? I'm not. No, actually, I'm not. Um, but they have a subscription service available where you can get some of the the latest and greatest of Rays. And this Blue Shock flavor launches today, and I'm you know pretty excited about it because I've heard nothing but good things. And it sold out already today. They had gone over, I think, 300,000 views on TikTok in a couple hours and sold out the same day. Sold out? Sold out. Luckily, Luckily, boys, I was able to get myself a case of the 12-pack. And you're also using code ROOT4 to save some money on the shipping. But I got us a 12-pack. So I guess I will have to share a a can or two with you guys, but... But, yeah, sold out today. And aside from their their limited edition flavors, like the Blue Shock, which is a tart sour blue raspberry that I'm so excited for. They've got their sample packs. They've got their variety packs. They've got their normal flavors. If you really find one flavor you love, you can get a 12-pack of it. They've got their pre-workout supplements. They've got their protein pancakes. They've got the sleep supplements. It's balanced, bitch. Plenty of stuff out there. Those are the ones
1: that I like. Whole, the pre, the, those are the ones that I really take are the pre-workout supplement ones.
0: Well, Justin, I'll tell you what: there are some Blue Shock pre or pre-workout supplements still available. You'll have to I'm act really on those fast, available. though. Damn it! So, uh,
1: well, by the I'm time not very fast
0: by the time this episode releases, I don't even know if it's going to be available. But if they are, definitely going to want
1: to go Just try a, that out. My feet are fast. Fast feet, doll. That's what they call me. <laughs>
0: I, I think we had a different name that we called you on the show. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was a quick wrist doll. But
1: no, it was like it rhymed with feet, but it okay. wasn't feet. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. We yeah, also family friendly.
0: Doll. Yeah, family friendly. Uh, we also talk about our partners at fanatics who are sponsor of this segment called what we had rooted for. Obviously. As you probably know by now, if you've been listening along, what we root for, root for Wisconsin, what we root for. It's what we talked about the best of the last week. And Justin, it's football time. It's playoff time. It's national championship and college time. So show your love for your team. Repping the gear, 300 plus powered stores on fanatics.com. Show your love for your team. Whether you're on top of the world, maybe you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan getting that national championship the other night or maybe you're getting some agreement Packers playoff gear, whatever it is, it's out there. Fanatics.com hashtag love on show your love for your team. And Justin, I'll let you go first. What did you root for this last week?
1: I just rooted for everybody to come out of the the Packers Lions game to come out healthy. And for the most part, we really did that. Um, we saw a lot of some pretty good things from some, some younger guys, some inexperienced guys. I think the most, intriguing part for me coming out of that Packers game, you know, and not being injured. The most intriguing part for me is how well uh, our third string running back Taylor ran the ball in in the second half. I didn't like the fact that we were playing AJ Dillon so long, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought that, I, I think Patrick Taylor did a heck of a job, saw the field well, saw the holes well. Uh, ran some, ran some uh, pretty plays out there. And I didn't think, uh, you know, everybody wants to get on Jordan Love. And, uh, you know, the one interception was clearly not, absolutely not his fault. Uh, Rodgers really has to make that catch. Tipped or not, has to make the catch. This is the NFL. This is the big leagues. You are who you are. And, and you got drafted in the third round be something and, and that's a catch where you kind of make a name for yourself. Uh, lacks, lack of concentration. Uh, ended up costing love an interception. And the second interception was just a really rushed pass on a bad blitz pickup that I thought, um, you know, could have been better than that. Does he force that pass? Maybe, maybe not. But all in all, I thought he had a beautiful uh, – Touchdown drive. I thought he had a beautiful little dump off pass that should have been caught by Ryan Davis in the end zone, uh, the tight end. Uh, So, and how about Josiah DeWara taking one to the house? I thought that the all around, it looked okay. It wasn't great. Everybody's going to want to bag on the defense for not being sound. I think the biggest part of that is, is everybody came out healthy. We're ready for the divisional round. And we're getting healthier than we were yesterday. And that that's the biggest point out of it. So that's what I rooted for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just to touch on a couple things that you said. Obviously, we'll talk probably more about the actual game itself later in the episode um, as we kind of mm-hmm. power through here. But I wanted to kind of comment on uh, the defense really specifically because I, I saw you saw a lot of negative stuff on on social media and talking to people. But really, I mean, that game, it was second string guys getting a lot of reps. You saw guys like Devondre Campbell. Was inactive. I'm not even sure if he traveled. Yeah, uh, to that the was game. the
1: biggest one for me. But you're absolutely right.
0: But the other thing to consider, especially at the time of year that we're in, is you're not going to see that game was not going to be anything defensively. You weren't going to get anything on tape from Green Bay um, aside from getting guys to see what they can do in base packages and base, you know, base play. You weren't going to get exotic yeah, schemes. Well you weren't going to get really anything too crazy. So I, I kind of write that off. I don't think you have to put too much stock into that performance, from really from anybody, especially defensively. But even offensively, it was going to be very base. Um, like you said, defending Jordan Love, um, Amari Rodgers cost him, Jordan Davis cost him the touchdown, which really you couldn't put that ball in a better spot. I mean, that was that's what you get out of a first-round quarterback or you hope to see out of your first-round quarterback is that drive going down the field. Um, DeGuara... The touchdown, getting spring by the Lucas Patrick pancake block um, at the line of scrimmage on the okay. screen. Really, I mean, you saw two really, really good drives. You saw one that Amari Rogers. You like you said, Justin. You can't say any better. Needs to have. You just you're at the NFL level. Whether you're a third round pick, first round pick, seventh round pick, mystery relevant, unsigned free agent, etc. You've got to have that. And tipped mm-hmm. or not, like you said, it falls right in your hands. You can, you, if you're not going to be able to catch it, and if you're kind of tipping it, you got to bat it down. You cannot let the other team uh, even have a chance at it. And then, even on that throw, you know, the offensive line, you know, if there's much credit as you give them, you can even put them at fault for the both interceptions, really. The first one being kind of a tip pass and getting rushed that way, and then also the yeah. One where he's got basically a linebacker in his lap and kind of sails the ball. So take out of that what you will. Um, I think Jordan Love's looked better all three times that we've seen him this season. Each game. I yeah. if
1: I thought he commanded – you're right. He commanded the offense quite well, I thought. If push comes to shove,
0: you know, if next season is is how a lot of the naysayers are going to say how it was uh, or how it will be. Um, I, I don't have – that I have a good deal of confidence in. I don't want to say I have the greatest deal, but I have a good deal of confidence in him as starting quarterback. So we'll see how that all pans out over the next couple months here. But that's kind of my thoughts on, on what you had said rooting for. I'm going to kind of continue the football theme. And I, I do got a touch. I was going to put use my root for for uh, Kiefer Sykes and Al McKinney, the Green Bay guys, getting their uh, contracts yeah. guaranteed through the rest of the year. And with that, Al McKinney getting his deal um, – pointed out of with him being in the league for five years now will be getting an nba pension for the rest of his life uh which is really cool so two green bay guys two uh guys who deserve all the accolades um and for sykes continuing to ball uh, i was going to use that just going to give a quick shout out there but um i'm going to go with good football though the football that we've had the last i mean sunday monday even saturday a little bit but the football we saw this weekend in the national championship game Monday was all the craziness we wanted it to be. I mean, usually how rare how how much you really get to see kind of some crazy stuff happening, including almost the the joked about scenario of a tie on Sunday night football to get two teams in the playoffs. You almost saw it. It was it was chaos, it was crazy, it was good games going to overtime. A lot of weird stuff you saw too, but a lot of good football this week. And then national championship game, which I'm sure we're going to touch on a little bit later. A little bit of a snooze fest in the first half really picked up in the second half. One of the better national championship games in quite a while. Uh, so good football all the way around. That's what I rooted for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just was looking it up on, on what you had discussed there with uh, McKinney on um, the pension Uh how much that is? A retired player can receive anywhere from fifty-six thousand dollars, so essentially fifty-seven because it's nine ninety-eight, to a hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars per year, depending on their years of service, up until the age of sixty-two. That's a damn good life. Good for him. Congratulations. Yeah, that's, so that's huge.
0: That is that's huge. huge. So that was uh, our our Green Bay alum. Uh, and if, if you if you if you're Facebook friends with me or if you're not, request me on Facebook. Um Marcus Eversall, my guy over at WDUZ, did an incredible interview with Kiefer Sykes on the Fan uh WD, WDZ. Yeah. Uh definitely after you're done listening to this episode, go give that a listen. Uh, just an incredible story. If you don't know the Kiefer Sykes story, it's incredible. I'm not gonna go through here on the on this airwaves at this time. Um but just an incredible story and Incredible human. I mean, you, you talk about a guy who, like I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Very rarely in the sports world does anybody deserve something. Kiefer Sykes deserves their shot at the NBA, and he's he's proven his keep too. So, all in all, the, that's what the positives that we were rooted for. Then we go to the negatives, Justin, with our Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week. And I'll let you go first because there's a couple I wanted to talk about, so I'll see if you take one of them, and, and we'll go from there. I actually have two.
1: This week, Eric, I came loaded this week. Yeah, me too. My first one, my first one is uh, the Miami Dolphins. Okay. This is one of mine as well. Ryan Florence, This is an absolutely horrible, horrible move. Um, you are a quarterback, a decent quarterback away. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick even showed you this. You're a decent quarterback away from being a serious contender in the AFC. Your roster is there. Uh, Brian Flores has done all of of the work that has been needed in a, in a franchise that has been just enamored in mediocrity since Dan Marino Uh, and, and to make this move to fire the guy that has changed the culture and done everything right over the last two years out of two out of three years, he took, he took one of the years to where you wanted to tank for Tua, he didn't do it, and I think that's what started this whole thing. But the fact that this guy should be a hot commodity on the coaching market right now—this guy can seriously coach. He's a great defensive mind. Um, just an absolutely horrible, horrible move by the Miami Dolphins. Here's and my second one.
0: If okay, I can, go ahead. can I interrupt? I, I was gonna actually dunk on yep. Dolphins too, because. You have a team, like you said, the, the tank for Tua thing. They don't end up doing it. They still get. They still end up with Tua, and the GM really made his bed with that, um, with that pick. And I, I couldn't even tell you where their GM was, but that guy needs to get fired ASAP too. But really, I mean, you have a team that was ten and six last year, who missed the playoff by I think by a tiebreaker. I think they ended up being the eight. They would have been the eighth seed if there was eight playoff teams. Yeah. So I don't know exactly remember what the tiebreaker was, but they lose out to Indianapolis in that first uh first or that last playoff spot, I should say, the last one in. You so you have a team that's close. You have a, a team that I feel like it was reported. and I don't think it was ever officially confirmed, but there's a lot of pressure to play Tua last year, at least to start them. And when the team was on a winning streak, they bench Fitzmagic, and decided to go to Tua. But then they kind of do this this starting pitcher, closing pitcher type deal. Uh, where where Tua starts the game and starts the third quarter, but when it comes down to crunch time, it ends up being uh, Fitzpatrick, and and you're, like I said, maybe a game away from winning that. Then you run it back this year, no Fitz magic. You've got to go basically all on on Tua, who ends up getting hurt again, and I believe he missed, if I want to, just off the top of my head, I'm saying three or four games I think he missed, or at least it felt like that. I know he missed some time, yeah. but I don't remember how many games exactly, so you're basically—I don't even I don't
1: even know who their backup. I was about to say is.
0: I couldn't tell you who their backup quarterback was either, um, but so you go with that right away then too, considering that in there too, and you're sitting here and you're gonna fire the head coach who gets you to nine and eight again after a ten yeah. and six season it's when ridiculous. you're really a quarterback, Well, you said, you're a quarterback away. I—I I, yeah, I unbelievable. Couldn't, couldn't stand that move, Justin. Your second noogie.
1: Um. My second noogie is is uh, one Travis Wilson of Wisports.net. We've mentioned him
0: not actually on air because that episode is the – it'll be the infamous episode that never aired where we talked about the yeah. rivalry of one Travis Wilson and Alex Um uh, And we'll have to get that on the podcast at some point. But uh, let's, let's hear this noogie, Justin. I'm really excited for this.
1: So while I truly appreciate what Travis has done over at WIS Sports and all of the positivity that he's he's given high school sports, he is about downright the most negative guy when it comes to Badger football, Badger basketball, Packer football. Um, and what really has set me to this point was the tweet that he sent out recently that said that um, Jordan Love was out there Sunday and he made Aaron Rodgers a lot of money with how poor he's played. Um, and I just, I couldn't disagree with this guy more uh, on, on this. Uh, any, any real subject other than high school sports. When it comes to high school sports, the guy is really good. When it comes to the Badgers, when it comes to professional sports, this guy is the Skip Bayless of, wow, Twitter. He is – I just don't understand how anybody, uh, and especially somebody that has such a voice in the state of Wisconsin, can make the assumption that he knows for a fact that this was the year that the Packers targeted – to start Jordan Love to get rid of uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, when in fact they don't they don't know that and in fact they're probably going to re-sign him. I don't understand what this guy is coming from. I don't understand what he gets out of this. Maybe it's clicks, maybe it's likes. But anytime you disagree with this guy, he he's on the block train. So uh, we'll see if if he's listening. Maybe he'll block me.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think he has so far because I'm looking. I had to find the tweet. Um, cause I, and I've scrolled through it like three or four times, and I thought he deleted it, to be honest with you. Um, your tweet's still out there, but for the most part, yeah, there are lots. I mean, 86 likes, five quote tweets. Yeah, just, yeah, I don't love that. No, Travis Wilson, and, and I don't think he's probably listening to this if he is. Um, like you said there's a lot of good getting reports out there for Wisconsin high school sports especially when there's not as much of a focus in in the media of it because of you know the Packers, Badgers, Brewers, Bucks um, we kind of take it put it on the back burner except for when it impacts the Badgers for high school sports and then obviously like our state championship basketball and football really are the only ones that really get the the limelight if you will and even at that's kind of depending on the day but yeah, no, I, I, he is such a hard follow at times. And, and when it comes to these takes that he has and he gets so defensive of them, I think that's the part that bothers me the most is just yep. how defensive it gets.
1: Um, if you're going to say it, you better walk the line with it. You know, it's like, you know, you're going to get something along with it. And this guy is just, you get so butthurt over anybody disagreeing with them. Um, it's just like the tweet is just ridiculous. Like, there's no way anybody knows what I don't care. Jordan Love, sure, he played against uh, Detroit's first team defense. But Jordan Love had a second team offense, a third string running back. Fourth string, really, if you think two, about it. Yeah, a fourth string running back. He was on the practice squad to start of the year, and two four string wide receivers. And Ryan Davis, who was a mid-season pickup, as your tight end, like, get real, dude. It's not like he was thrown to Devonte Adams. He's not thrown to Alan Lazard. He's not throwing. He's not. He's not throwing to to Equanimee Brown for Christ's sakes. He's throwing to Jawan Winfrey. And that's it. And and uh, and a rookie third-round receiver, in Amari Rogers. There's not a real threat out there right now in the fact of the matter. So to say what you said is ridiculous and to and to essentially just push him off the ledge and say that he's not worth anything is about the most Skip Bayless thing I've ever heard in my life. Like if you are going to say stupid stuff like that, stupid shit like that, then you need to be able to walk the line and take the criticism as much as you dish it out. That's what pisses me off about this dude. I love what this dude does for high school sports. Absolutely love him. He's great for high school sports. He's actually better for the WIA than he is for high school sports because he, he bridges the gap between high school sports fans and the WIA. What this guy does is impeccable in high school sports. What he does any other time outside of that, he needs to be able to take the criticism with it. That's the biggest problem I have. Yeah, no, I,
0: I wholeheartedly agree. And and it's really funny. Um, somebody else had taken a screenshot. He also thought A.J. Delvin was going to be a flop. So, yeah. I don't know. Take his opinion as you will. Uh, my second Noogie Justin, because I was going to go with the Dolphins. I'm going to go with Boomer and, oh, And Boomer say what you will about him. I know it's a lot of fun to kinda of make fun of him for his his ego and I he does he does a decent enough job, I guess. I mean he's not like I mean you don't you don't sit here and be like, oh what a terrible take by Boomer Seizen usually. Usually it's he's he's you know, very very stealthy, I guess, in that aspect of he walks the line. He doesn't really say anything that's gonna get him clicks, but he doesn't say anything that's gonna get him in trouble either. Until last week, Justin, when uh-oh. The Boomer, I believe Boomer Carton is the name of the show on WFAN, uh, where he does with Chris Carton. The same episode in which they talk about the OnlyFans model that's, um, that Antonio Brown snuck into the hotel in New York decides to break some news on one Mr. Aaron Rodgers. And he goes on this episode and talking about how a trusted source from Aaron Rodgers' direct circle said that if the Packers make the Super Bowl, that Aaron Rodgers is going to boycott the game to protest the COVID mandates the NFL has. And, of course, then Aaron Rodgers and and the other quarterbacks of the Green Bay Packers call him out for his rightful stupidity, saying how fake it actually is. Um, Really makes you wonder... Who is even being considered a source these days? Really kind of diminishing the whole, the whole news cycle and the news element. The fact that it was even reported on for two days and considered a thing for two days before Aaron and, and company went and trashed it on Twitter, which is hilarious, by the way, if you need to go check that out, uh, between Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, and Kurt Benkert, uh, just trashing that whole scenario on Twitter, go check that out. You can actually do that while you listen. But the fact that he doesn't have to walk that back whatsoever is kind of something that pisses me off. And the fact that you're putting Aaron Rodgers and Packer fans and Packer coaches and really even Jordan Love in the limelight for no reason is absurd to me. And to the point where Aaron Rodgers talking about this on his weekly Pat McAfee show appearance is livid. And I get why. Livid about how these platforms that people get really makes you wonder uh, about, you know, these non-traditional media. I I guess I should thank him in that aspect of people are kind of turning away from the, the traditional media source, like your WFAN and, and CBS radio and they're coming to us. So I guess, thanks Boomer. I guess I'll thank you in that regard, but man, what a trash 24 to 48 hours for them that he has to have no accountability for.
1: Well, I'll tell you what exactly it sounds like. It sounds like, Aaron Rodgers might have told that to somebody in order to fish out somebody that's that's given out the news. Well,
0: I I would a, normally agree with you. It's a
1: really fake story.
0: I would normally agree with you. I I, I do gotta say with Aaron he did kind of dismiss that on on the his appearance on Pat McAfee saying it's it's so stupid and so ludicrous he wouldn't even joke about that. But I, I there might be that part of it to fish somebody out, but for what it's worth, and we know this now going forward, if you hear something from Aaron Rodger about Aaron Rodgers, if it's not from him, it's not true. Or at least it's very likely to be untrue. So get it right. from just another example of some media literacy for the internet, some media literacy for our listeners, and for that matter, some uh, some media literacy and, and I guess like I said, a, a small thank you for driving. Uh, turds out of the traditional media business and bring people, um, the actual people who want to talk sports, to our to our airwaves because we're gonna have better content than the traditional media outlets anyway. But like I said, just what a turd. To only
1: make this story. The only thing that could have made this story better is if it was Adam Schefter that broke this.
0: Story. Oh, that w- I would have laughed so hard.
1: I that would have been the
0: greatest thing ever. Like,
1: that would have been perfect. But um, we would already have Noogie of the Year.
0: Oh, we'd have our dumpster fire of the year. I mean, Adam Schefter got consideration the way it was. And if that would have been the last part of the new or that would have been the first part of the news cycle of 2022, is done. this the that tool. Yeah, definitely would have been done, but um Done. Yeah, what a, what just what a sequence of events. So that's that's my uh, second nugget of the week. I had to get that off my chest and, and boomer size and what a tool. So with that, I guess we can kind of take a look at, uh, we can do a little bit of uh bucks talk here. I mean, really, we did our, I think I did kind of did my NBA talk earlier. Not a whole lot going on in the world of Milwaukee bucks yet. I, like I said, I just, it, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Hard to get into this time of year, 26 and 17 for the bucks, uh, a lot of guys out with the COVID right now lost two straight yeah. to the Hornets over the weekend and, and
1: Monday. I think four out of five, I think they've lost.
0: That is correct. They have won two games this year in the, the calendar year 2022. But the one, oh. one of those two games, Justin, was a big win uh, last Friday against the Nets out in Brooklyn with a very depleted roster. Still got the job done. Uh, Giannis did come back in that game. Uh, your starting lineup your starting lineup in that game was Giannis, who had 31, Chris Middleton, who had 20, Jordan Narawa, who had uh, 13, Bobby Porce, 25, West Bassies with 12. I couldn't even tell you who half these guys off their bench were, to be honest with you. So it really kind of just tells you the state of this team right now um, with where they're at, but... Uh, only sixteen out of James Harden for the Nets. I mean, good win for the Bucks all the way around there. Maybe one of their season defining wins to this point and you know, two and a half months in I do
1: I do have a little Bucs breaking news. What's that, Justin? Let's hear it. For all of our listeners and our fans, I will be down at Five Sur Forum on January twenty second. I am taking my stepson with my wife to all of ours first game. At the five serve. So super excited about that. I believe they play the Kings. They do play the Kings. Um, so get to see De'Aaron Fox. Uh, my son gets to see uh, Giannis and hopefully Giannis and Chris Middleton. and So uh, it'll be his first big crowd that he's been to. So in, in a big sports event. So I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see the, uh, the Stargaze. You, you remember your first one that you went to Eric when I you do were a young it was guy, uh, even if it was the Bravo first or...
0: the first season so I believe it was 2001 season maybe 2002 um, the first season of then Miller Park uh, my parents took me with my aunts to Brewers Cardinals at uh, then Miller Park I think I believe the Brewers got a win that day which they were dog shit back then i do the 2001 2002 brewers not a good time to be a brewers fan so it was like jeff cirillo and, and i Richie was Sexton. yeah i was more excited because I, I had uh and justin this might be a little bit before your time but i had backyard baseball the computer game which is the game of sports games and backyard football of an entire generation my whole generation played backyard football backyard baseball Pablo Sanchez but the kids is you know the pro athletes as kids Mark McGuire was probably my favorite player on that game at the time got to see Mark McGuire in person got to see uh the Brewers beat the Cardinals first game ever Miller Park uh so yeah I, I I'd very vividly remember that I also remember my second game ever was at Miller Park as well um where Sean Green for the Dodgers broke the bases record against the Brewers and really the only other Brewers highlighted because I don't remember a whole lot about that game other than the Dodgers and Sean Green just rounding the bases constantly. And then a ninth inning home run from Alex Ochoa uh, was the only run support for the Brewers that game. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I think it was like a 17 to three or 21 to three game or just a football score of a game. Brewers got whooped in that one, but that was my second ever game. So I do remember some of that stuff, but yeah, I'm excited for him. If you want to join Justin Dahl down at, the Fiverser Forum on January twenty second. Tickets are as low as $33, according to Vivid Seats. So Justin will probably be signing autographs and and giving high fives to yep. the for Wisconsin uh listener. So check him That's out right. down there. Uh, Bucks yeah, are Bucks,
1: be, there, be square.
0: The Bucks are in action tomorrow night for a game that maybe I'll watch. Maybe I won't. But uh Bucks are on TNT tomorrow night against the Warriors at home. For one of their two matchups. And Warriors 30-10. and 10, Bucks 26-17. That might be a good game to watch to maybe get into the Bucks fever. Uh, kind of a toss-up game uh, betting-wise. Uh, there's not even really a, a spread on it right now. But that game will be in Milwaukee. Yeah. TNT coverage. 6.30pm. Check it out. Get tickets. Whatever you gotta do. Uh, so that's our Bucks talk for the week. Justin, anything breaking on the Badgers' perspective?
1: Not much, uh, just a small little uh, blip. They redid the Big Ten schedule. Uh, They will open, for football, they will open September 3rd against Illinois State. Uh, That will be a Friday night night game. Their only night game of the year, which is utterly disappointing. That is a travesty. uh, For the Badgers. It is a travesty. Uh, the fact that you get Ohio State at home uh, in in some other big schools, it's just there should be, a, hopefully some of this is flexed to further notice. Uh, it's just to not have a, a Saturday night, night game at Camp Randall Stadium is utterly ridiculous within the Big Ten. Uh, the fact that they moved the Ohio State game into the end of September, is ridiculous, um, and they swap spots with Maryland uh, because of cold weather or something like that. Uh, I think that's a travesty. Um, so that a uh, Badgers football, they they secured a two they transfer cornerback from Toledo, corner or um, corner Justin Clark, corner. Okay. Yep, yep. Just a just a regular old cornerback. Um, he's, he's played sparingly for Toledo. He's a guy that will probably add depth. Uh, they host a, uh, transfer portal wide receiver this weekend. I believe it is a guy from Vanderbilt. Um, so we'll see if that happens outside of that. Uh, big win for the Badgers basketball team at Maryland. Uh, just a huge week last week, beating Purdue, beating Iowa, and then Maryland, um, Badger's jumped 13 spots in the AP poll to number 13. Johnny Davis uh we might have covered this last week uh but the the game he had at Purdue is still a, that's going to be one of the uh the season greats. Uh 37 points uh just outstanding. Uh, the way he led the team hit big shots down the end. If they could do that and, and on the flip side they did that against Maryland where Johnny Davis only had, and this is where you say only had 19 points, but it was a quiet 19. Uh, they found ways to win. Tyler wall was great. Uh, had a, had a career high. I believe it was 21. Uh, Brad Davidson struggled. Uh, I, th- I do believe he just made double digits in that game. So the Badgers basketball team is clicking. Uh, they get to redeem their only loss. A Big 10 play to Ohio state. I believe that is tomorrow. Um, that is tomorrow, Justin. It's uh, 6 p.m. Yes. Tune in to watch that. That will be a great game at the call center. Badger's a two-and-a-half-point um,
0: favorite in that game for those uh, degenerates out there.
1: Other than that, there's not much... A Badger recruit, basketball recruit. don't know from where. Connor Essigin. He just set his county scoring record, and he just went over 2,000 points in a high school career. So wow. congratulations to him. Can't wait to see him in a Badger uniform.
0: Definitely. One other just kind of tidbit to add on Johnny Davis. Uh, we've said quite a bit about him throughout the, throughout the weeks. We'll continue to say more about him as the season goes on. Uh, but on ESPN Plus today, John Gassaway uh, released his top 25 players of the year. To this point, uh, the first one midseason that's uh that had, Johnny Davis was not ranked in that top twenty-five. Who had never started a game for the Badgers, to this point or to that point uh, before the season started. Number one player in college basketball, according to John Gasway of ESPN. So, wow. Say say what you will about that. Um, it is just an opinion, but definitely a lot of um you know eyes turning towards bat the Badgers. And possibly that John
1: yeah. Wooden award. He's turning heads, this guy. He's he's amazing. He's fun to watch. So with that, usually this
0: is where we would talk about Ramsey's radar. Uh, Ramsey not here this week, so we got to kind of get a little creative with it. And we we did finally, by the way, shout out to, to the wonderful Shauna Hallbach, my wonderful girlfriend who decided, remember last week when we were talking about our bets, Justin, about what we would take against the spread? All that. Well, she went through. She listened to the episode yeah. twice through and played secretary for us uh, to take down all of our She's bets from awesome. last week.
1: Thank you, Shana.
0: Uh So we can actually keep track of these going forward and kind of sound like a little bit like we know what we're doing. So with that, uh, we'll start with our picks from last week. So Georgia, Alabama. Uh, Georgia was favored by three. We talked about the money line of that game. All three of us picked Alabama. All three of us were wrong. So we're all 0-1-1 on that front. Uh, We look at the Chargers versus Raiders then. Uh, Justin, you and I both were on top on that one. We had the Raiders winning outright. Uh, Chargers were favored by three. Ramsey took the Chargers with the points. Do you... And I'm just... Because I'm lazy here. Do you remember what the final score of that game was?
1: Ooh... 32-29? 32-29?
0: Uh, I'll get it pulled up here. So that game was, was 35-32. Raiders win oh, 35-32. Yes. Field goal, field goal, no. So by the time that game closed, goals. that was a three-point even spread. So Ramsey gets the push. So he is 0-1-1. Justin, you and I are 1-1-0. So we go, go to uh, 49ers Rams. Rams are favored by four at home. Uh that one I Rams and I both took the Niners to cover. Justin, you had the Rams. And that was a win for the 49ers in overtime 27-24. So that puts me at 2-1-0. Ramsey at 1-1-1. One, one and, one, and Justin, I believe you still get the cover. So you would be 2-1 one and 1 against or 2-1-0-1-0 and and against the spread. Then Cowboys favored by seven, uh, on the road. You and I both took the Eagles. Ramsey took the Cowboys, so we are two, both two two and one, zero losers. Ramsey becomes two one and one. And then the Ravens favored by five and a half. All three of us rode the Ravens. Pittsburgh did cover that with the overtime win on the field goal, so that would make a cover for all three of us. So you and I three two and zero. Oh, Ramsey is 3-1-1. One, and one.
1: That's so weird. Goddamn Ramsey comes out on top. I know. It just
0: doesn't God feel right. So, Justin, I, you know, we got a, not, right. not a whole lot of, uh, obviously not a really any college talk to, to, to discuss on this one. No college football anymore. Um, really kind of too early to kind of look at college basketball spread. So, why don't you say you and I go through... Oh, it's playoff time. It's maybe. playoff time. That's exactly what I was going to say. So we will go through the games. We'll probably talk about them a little bit more as we go on. So it's NFL talk time. It's NFL playoff time. We'll talk a little bit of betting. We'll, then we'll get into each game here as we go along. So we're going to do the games first. We're just going to talk about... The, we'll do our picks first, and then we'll talk about the games one by one as we go down. Is that okay with you?
1: Okay. That um, way it just it me, makes, it
0: makes it easier on our secretary. She was a little yeah. not happy that we had so spread out last week. So makes it nice and easy for her. So
1: first we well, go. Well, now that Ramsey's not here this week, we can be a little more organized. <laughs> Ramsey likes to get us off topic. That's true. That's true. I'm just kidding. You. Love you.
0: I'm half kidding. No, I'm fully kidding. Uh, so we look. We'll go down the list. Saturday afternoon, games start off at 3.30. Uh, first game is on NBC. Cincinnati Bengals favored by 5.5 over the Raiders.
1: Ooh. I don't know where you are on this one, Eric. This is tough. I'm in, I'm I'm loving. I'm loving. There's so much to love in this game. I love the youth movement of Cincinnati. I love I love Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow connection. I love that they rested their guys in week seventeen. Week eighteen. Or 18 and that, you know, they're coming in fully ready to go. But I'm in love with the Passachias. I'm in love with what they're doing. The first interim head coach to take his team to the playoffs in 60 years, Eric. This is a team that's destined to win this game and to lock in the rich Passaccia head coaching term for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders outright. But I'll take the points, too. All right. I'm really torn
0: on this one, personally, um, because I do agree that the Raiders are just making it work somehow against all odds. But the clock's got to strike midnight at some point, and I think that's this week against a very talented, deep Bengals team with a lot of offense. Five and a half is a lot to cover. I think the Bengals do it. Give me the Bengals by five and a half. Game two of Saturday afternoon, or Sunday evening, I should say. Patriots-Bills, that game taking place in Buffalo. Buffalo-Bills playing host to the Patriots. Four-point favorite, Justin, your pick. Actually, no, I'll, I'll go first in on this one. Give me. I'll, I'll go first. It's, it's only fair. Okay. It's only fair. So with that, I mean, and like I said, we'll talk about these games more in depth as we go along. I, I, it's but, totally I think fair because Buff- you know who I'm gonna take. No, 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 no. I, actually, I don't. You
1: know exactly.
0: I'm who going, I'm going. I'm going Buffalo.
1: Of course you are. Why wouldn't you go Buffalo? You're not gonna. You're not gonna pick my guy, the guy I've been. I've been trumpeteering the whole the whole season since April of last year as the best quarterback in the NFL draft. He's Tom Brady reincarnated. You're not going to take that guy. I'm taking that guy. Mac Jones and the Patriots are going in to Bill's land, and they're taking down the Bill's mafia. They're not only going to cover the four points. It's going to be a field goal game. Don't get me wrong. But they're going to win this game outright. And Mac Jones, I don't care if he throws three times. He's going to do enough to win the game, baby. Mac Jones.
0: I would love to see what a Justin parlay would look like between the Raiders and the, the Patriots in this one. Uh, if you're going money line, Justin, which it sounds like you said you are, uh, the Raiders are plus 200, and the Patriots would be plus 175. So for them both to hit, like I said, I think that'd be a nice little paycheck for you. You might have to head over to the United Sportsbook, see what you can do on that front.
1: Yeah. I'm printing money, buddy. I'm printing it. We go into Sunday. Off oh, of these, bets. Sunday, January 16th. Wait, 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 wait. What? Are you taking the bills and the points, or are you just taking the bills outright?
0: Oh, I'm doing these. I'm doing all my picks against the spread. So I'm doing I'm, – I'm not taking uh, money lines on these. But I would say – Bill – Ah. Uh, I think you might be right about them covering. I'm I'm still going to go Bills. I think they've got something to prove after the last time, so I'll go Bills and points. All right. So then we go to Sunday, first game of the day, that being the Fox coverage of Buccaneers hosting the Eagles and Tampa Bay big favorite in this one. Eight and a half for the Buckaroos. Defending champs playing the last team in. The Philadelphia Eagles, eight and a half points on that one. That one is a the biggest or the second biggest spread of the weekend, I should say. Um, but biggest spread that we have talked about to this point. Justin, you go first to this one.
1: Yeah, give me the Bucks and the spread. I, I love I love what the Eagles are doing. Uh, they're a playoff team. They got three first round picks coming up. They Nick Sirianni's done a great job. This year, uh, they're doing a great job with Jalen Hurts. I just don't think they have enough to get over Tampa Bay's great defense. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't come out all well. Maybe there's a injury or five. Not that I'm praying for that. Fingers crossed. It's something to help the Packers down the road.
0: I'm going to go. I'm going to be really boring on this. I'm going to say Bucks. With the points, this is probably the big the closest thing to a lock you might see all weekend, besides one game a little bit later we'll talk about. It this seems kind of like a no-brainer to me though. This is the Bucks are by far the better team. Two seed in the NFC for a good reason. Bucks by eight and a half. The CBS game of Sunday, also the Nickelodeon game of the year. Uh, that I will probably be watching that broadcast because oh that was fun last year. Um, that being the game that I can't figure out how it ended up on CBS. The 49ers and the Cowboys, the eighth time they've ever played in the playoffs. Talk about a rivalry of the 90s and the late 80s. The 12-5 Cowboys hosting yeah. the 10-7 49ers. Dallas is favored by three. And in that game... Dallas has looked really good offensively. The Niners have looked really good defensively. They've gotten chunk game or chunk games that they've had, and and Jimmy G's probably looked the best he did this last week against the Rams and their furious comeback. I think we're heading towards. Well, no, we wouldn't see this game anyway next week because of how seeding. I was gonna say we might see a McCarthy versus Rodgers. I don't think we end up seeing that. But I do think the Dallas Cowboys win by the th- to cover the three. Give me Dallas.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers here, Eric. I think that uh, the defense of Dallas is is good enough to uh, give Jimmy G some fits. Um, I think the 49ers' magic runs out. Uh, the Devo Samuel project has as kind of the Cordero Patterson clone um, is, is uh, going to get worn out with the speed and, and then in the, the youth that, that uh, Dallas's defense has, I think the past rush will, will kind of get to Jimmy G force him into some bad decisions. And then at the end, you know, I, you know, Trayvon Diggs has had a hell of a year. He's, he's had an all pro season. So I think he steals one from Jimmy G and, and the key is, is if jimmy g doesn't throw an interception they're 7 and 0 if they if he does it's bad news and i think the i think the cowboys are going to get one um, so give me the cowboys give me the cowboys with the spread all right did i just talk myself out of it you did cuz you you started out that
0: with going with the with the 49ers and then everything you said I totally after that think was I pro Cowboys. It. Damn it! That was that was right. impressive listening. I um I am glad that I got to listen to that first before our listeners do because that was that was something. That was some gymnastics going on. But so we're both on I the Cowboys. Fell
1: right out of it.
0: Yeah, that was. Yep. In fact, I think honestly, I spread. think I think you He's almost... not even talk. You almost talked me into San Francisco on that one, but I'm going to keep with the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Last game of Sunday is Steelers Chiefs. This is your biggest spread of NFC or NFL super wildcard weekend. Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorite at home Sunday night football against the Steelers. Justin, you go first on this one. 12 and
1: a half points in arrowhead primetime tv it's, it's hard but i'm going to i'm going to take the steelers to cover okay this is going to be big ben's last game um i think they have the right recipe to kind of hold down the chiefs the defense is coming around the running game if they can own the clock and they can just keep moving the sticks and own the clock and make this into a fourth quarter game where it's uh, two field goals away ish, maybe maybe ten points away ish. Big Ben could could come back in the fourth and possibly steal one here. Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Steelers with the spread. I might sound crazy, but I I don't I don't think Big Ben's quite gonna go out without a bang. And if he makes that game close, that's a bang.
0: You know, I was I was very much leaning that way until I looked at because I thought they had played each other until I looked at the the fact that they played each other three weeks ago uh, on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, and the Chiefs won that game thirty six to ten. And granted, a lot's changed for the Steelers since then. Uh, just even the way that they've played, the way that they've kind of carried themselves as a team, they've gotten hot here. To cover that the twelve and a half is a big spread though. I would obviously I'm going to say the Chiefs win, but do they cover? That's that's the mystery here. I I do. Oh, well, I say the Chiefs cover. cover. Twelve and a half. Points. Twelve and a half right. for the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs plus the points. And then that brings us to boy, way to pick the right decision. I, I picked the opposite of you. No, you didn't. You said Steelers cover. I'm saying the Chiefs cover.
1: Oh, okay. I thought I I thought I heard it the other way around. Sorry.
0: No, no, no. no. I am I'm. I'm You're all right though. Thank you for congratulating Sorry, me on the right picking. Uh, congratulating me on the, the right decision here because that is what's gonna end up happening. And then Monday Night Football, the I first. I just apologize to Shannon. The first Monday night football playoff game in, I think, ever. Rams-Cardinals in Los Angeles. Rams by four. This, I think, this might be one of the best. I think this is going gonna, gonna to end up being the best game of the weekend, save for maybe Patriots-Bills. Niners-Cowboys has a lot of potential. This should be a good game, I believe... Did the Rams sweep them this regular season? Rams won the first or the second matchup and the Cardinals so they split. The Cardinal, they've each won in each other's house. The Cardinals beat the Rams at home or when in Los Angeles in week four. Or, mm-hmm. Thirty-seven to twenty. And then the Rams knocked off the Cardinals at home in December, thirty to twenty-three. That gate, like I said, a four-point spread. I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go Rams by four, setting up a return for OBJ to Lambo Field. And that being, I think I'm gonna end up going all chalk, I think, to be honest with you, but uh, that's where I think that's gonna fall.
1: I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Cardinals, baby. I'm taking the Cardinals to cover and to win outright. Give me the Cardinals. I think there's magic in Kyler Murray's feet for one game, one game only. All right. You know what? So I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm actually, they don't have, they don't have, you talked me out. I'm they don't have Deandre Hopkins back. Right.
0: I don't believe so, but I just remember that the Rams are also very depleted <laughs> defensively uh, to the point where they're going to have Eric Weddle coming out of retirement. I'm going to go Cardinals. Yeah. I, I'm changing my pick. I'm going Cardinals.
1: Yeah, it's got to be. I think the Cardinals are going to be just good enough to uh, to get it done here. That, that there's really not. I mean, it's going to be a great game. I think the best part about this is is that both these teams are going to beat the shit out of each other before they come to Lambeau Field. So that's nothing but positives there.
0: Fantastic. And and actually, if if the way that you pick things goes, Green Bay would actually end up playing the six seed. Niners, weren't they? No, I
1: picked the Cowboys. Oh yeah, Remember you talked, talked yourself, out yourself out of it. That's, out. that's right. That's
0: right. That's right. You're right. Good call. Good call. My bad. So with that, uh, like I so said, we right? can kind of break down these games. You did. That's the you talked. You said Niners first, and then you uh, you talked yourself right out of it. That whole conversation was everything anti Niners. A lot of storylines to watch <laughs> this weekend. That's so awesome. A lot of storylines to watch this weekend. Um, I th- like I said. I think the best game ends up being that Dallas Niners game, or maybe the Monday Night game. Uh, I gotta say, first of all, I'm really amazed that Fox lost that, or Fox doesn't end up getting the the Niners Dallas game. Just you talk about two teams who were the face of the NFL for the early '90s and mid '90s, and. Of course, the NFC being broadcast primarily on Fox Sports and or you know Fox affiliates, and that game ends up going to CBS and being the Nickelodeon game of the game of the year. That is wild to me. First, I mean, however the politics play out and the money plays out, but just absurd. That that's how that ends up shaking out first and foremost. And I'm gonna be honest with so you. So does
1: Fox get an AFC game?
0: I believe because Fox gets the Super Bowl because NBC has two games. ESPN has one. And then I believe CBS has two. I think Fox only gets the one this week. Let me just double-check that. Yeah, okay. NBC, CBS, Fox, CBS, NBC. Yeah. So Fox gets the short end. That's crazy. And then I think if things go chalk that would make green bay probably play the winner if things go chalk of course that would probably give green bay the sunday night game next week because the rams or cardinals would be playing on a short week yep so really sure. the the dynamics of that breakdown really wild but could you imagine if if contractually if the rams or cardinals win and say like the eagles or the or the niners win and they had to play on a Saturday after a Monday night game, kind of like what the Browns had to do, coming into Green Bay for Christmas Day.
1: Wild stuff. That yeah, happened. I mean, it's. I don't know. I, how how do they determine that? If if you play, if you play Sunday, you play Sunday, or if you play Saturday, you play. Sunday and then if you play Sunday then you play the next Saturday. How do they determine that?
0: I am not sure. That is way above my pay grade. I'm glad I don't have to figure it out. I think yeah, contractually. Or even the Monday game. Yeah, I I don't know how they figured all this out. Um you would think that if you're Fox, you're wanting you're wanting Dallas 49ers over Eagles Bucks. You'd think so, right?
1: Well, doesn't it like didn't it work out in the past to where you'd have one NFC game and one AFC game Saturday and then vice versa Sunday? I believe so. Well, Next for the week? divisional round, I believe you're right. Yeah, that would be correct. So that must mean, and that since the Packers have the best record, that must mean that must be they're the late game.
0: Well, I, th- I think because of, of course how, there are people have
1: tickets already.
0: They haven't actually sorted out how that works out yet because I don't think that's guaranteed. Um, obviously, we know that Fox is going to have that game, and I think that was maybe some bargaining is that they, they might have demanded the primetime game for the Packers being the number one seed just kind of as retribution for, I mean, for let's call a spade a spade getting screwed in the the contract ratings here because that Eagles-Bucks game is going to be a snoozer.
1: Well, I think that's going to be a great game. Look, Jalen Hurts is going to do awesome. He's going to cover the spread. He's going to do great. I don't know that I picked that, but you
0: definitely did not. Whatever. But I would, I, I, <laughs> I want you to be right, but I I don't see it happening. But all in all, I mean, so that's that's the two Sunday or two Saturday games probably have. I mean, they have some good potential to be really good too. I mean, like you said, the Raiders kind of on this this run right now, and and kind of just amazing that they're even here. You look at you know you fire a head coach mid season for transgressions from years ago. You have the Henry Rugg situation. You've had some other situations yeah. going on legally speaking with players.
1: Yeah, this is just. This is one of the biggest stories to me why they haven't removed the interim tag off of this guy, Rich Passaccia. He's done such a great job that it's it's ridiculous that they would even consider giving this job to a guy like Jim Harbaugh or any of these other candidates they have. Um, With what he's done with the turmoil that this this whole organization has been um, under even from day 1 um in what john gruden has done to the organization as a whole what he what rich Versace has done is incredible he deserves the full-time gig and i hope they give it to him i really do this this dude is this dude looks he looks he, he it feels like it's it's True Raiders coach, like he belongs there in in the in the gray and black. So I hope they give it to him.
0: Yeah, you know it's kind of curious, like you said, just to kind of look at that side of things and and why they haven't removed that interim tag and and like I said, unless you are unless Mark Davis is that committed to Jim Harbaugh and wanting to see how that shakes out if he's going to come or not, I think. I, you know, truthfully, I'm agreeing with you, Justin. I think the the element of bringing another big coach that's returning from some time off uh, out of the NFL, whether that be the, the Sunday night F- or the Monday night football booth in uh, Gruden or playing in the college ranks like Harbaugh, I don't think that speaks well to the NFL, especially given how, I mean, granted, Jim Harbaugh is very different than Urban Meyer, but. We saw how the college head coach, the NFL head coach thing went this year too. Just, uh, it's really baffling. Unless they have some other black horse candidate that we're not really thinking of right now. That is that guy that they just can't make that official thing. Or maybe there's some, some weird rule with the NFL where they can't actually hire him as the full term. I don't know. But... Regardless, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with you that he should be the the full time head yeah. coach of that team. And then,
1: don't I mean, you just look at the dude and be like, that guy belongs as the Raiders head coach. Yeah, he's got the name Basaccia. Basaccia. I think this dude's awesome. I really do. I love this dude. I think I think he's a great head coach. So have if to. they don't hire him, I hope somebody does right away guy is a great dude just a great name a great look a great demeanor on the sidelines uh, you could tell his players love playing for him uh, he's and what he's done is nothing short of remarkable coming through all the tragedy tragedies through the season uh, people losing their lives uh, idiots commenting years ago on some stupid ass shit I just what this guy has done, what he's overcome is just unbelievable. And like Again, I hope he gets it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Talking about the head coaching search and the head coaching gigs that are open in the NFL, Black Monday strikes again, and actually then Black Tuesday uh, for one coach. And We'll get to that. I'll, I'll make that one last. We'll kind of go in order here. So Broncos end up firing Vic Fangio after their game Saturday. They fire him Sunday morning. So Black Sunday strikes for them. Uh, Monday, we saw Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, the GM and coach of the Bears, respectively, uh, get ousted. We saw Mike Zimmer lose his job out in Minnesota. We saw Brian Flores, the biggest shock of the whole situation, get fired. Uh, the yeah. Jacks still looking for a coach. That one shaking out after the whole Urban Meyer thing. And then on Tuesday, I, I haven't missed anybody besides the, the Tuesday one here. Uh, being Joe Judge. Did I miss anybody?
1: The only thing you missed, I believe, is that uh, the Vikings also fired their GM.
0: I I did miss that. That's correct. Um, That
1: would be the only thing I think you missed.
0: And technically, David Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, uh, retires so he doesn't get fired, but he retires. Uh, So the Giants looking to start from square one. You can't fire me. I quit. Pretty much. Giants, starting from square one, they announced that they are going to hire a GM before they hire a coach, uh, as it probably should be. And good organizations. Um, you look at, now, Nathaniel Hackett has had some interest at a couple other coaching jobs. Uh, I believe he has been requested for Jacksonville, Denver, oh. and now the Bears. He's been officially requested. And then... The quarterbacks coach uh, was it Luke Getzy? Is That his name. Luke Getze, yep. Uh, he has been requesting for a couple alone. couple head coaching jobs now too. Um, so really interesting how that plays out. And then our friend Elliot Wolf getting uh, an interview from the Bears, former Packers uh, personnel department person, son of great Packers GM Ron Wolf. Uh, he will interview with the Bears for their GM vacancy.
1: You would almost think, like when you talk about, so you have the Giants, you have the Bears, and you have the Vikings that have openings at both of the high-profile positions, general manager and head coach. Correct. Correct. Now, you would, we, you just touch base on, you have to hire a GM before you hire a coach, right? Like, you, you think so? You, you can't put the horse. You, you just can't, and. And if, if, if these teams do that, like, this is what I find so polarizing about this time of the year. Like, you have the Bears, who have, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I think it's six or seven guys that they requested interviews with for their head coaching position. You don't have a GM. You don't, like, you don't have... Why are you going to hire the guy that works for the next guy before you hire the guy that's going to be the boss? Like, it makes no sense. Um, One of the funniest things I heard, uh, and I think your buddies there at WDUZ um, mentioned this, uh, was that the Bears have requested to interview Maurice Drake, the
0: Packers special teams <laughs> coordinator. That's funny. Did you hear that? I did not, but
1: that—that's really funny. If they did, that isn't that the most Bears thing. I would assume, like, so I believe one of the other names was Leslie Frazier. And there are certain rules that need to be obligated, um, touched, um, the the Rudy rule. Um, and, and maybe that's what they're trying to do, but I'm I'm sure there's better candidates than Maurice Drayton. I don't I don't know how you could trust that guy to run three teams when he couldn't even do a very good job with the one team he's running right now. And and we touched base on uh, on our group chat about it um, with Joe Judge being fired. He was the top-of-the-line special teams coordinator for the Patriots before he got that job. He's going to be a highly sought-after coach. Um,
0: Not a head coach. So but, maybe that's
1: something. To, <laughs> no, no. But definitely a, just, coor- a coordinator, right. But, Yep. So, yeah, just, I, I, I thought I'm, that was
0: hilarious. Maurice Drayton. M- Maurice, Drayton and, Maurice Drayton, to his credit, very... Maybe they're kind of looking at the the Dan Campbell-type head coach where he just runs the whole ship and and kind of delegates and is more of a hype man than anything. Maybe, because the players do have a yeah. good relationship with Drayton. That's, that's one thing to consider is that he is kind of that rah-rah, one of those rah-rah guys. But, yeah, the idea of him running not one, but two – or not one, not two, but three different parts of a team when he cannot – kind of keep the Packers coordinator as a special teams coordinator under wraps is pretty funny. Now, I, one thing, I, I do want to give kind of the flip side. I want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And I know this is going to be... Okay. I, Justin, you, I know you know what's coming lost. here.
1: But... It's lost well, on some
0: years. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah. lost
1: on some years.
0: It's just a perspective that I, I okay. think needs to at least be given a slight benefit of the doubt. Is... The fact that with how injury brittle Green Bay was this year, that puts your special teams at a distinct disadvantage. When you have guys who would normally be filling these roles, so let's just let's call a spade a spade. Rasul Douglas, for all intents and purposes prior to the year starting, when the Packers signed him off the practice squad, was a depth corner that could probably be a gunner and be, you know, on special teams be on your kick return coverage, be on your Punt block or your punt return coverage and your punt your punt coverage for that matter, too. Has the body size, has the speed for that role. And to his credit, when he got the opportunity, he really ran with it. He kept going with it. And it ends up being a good move for him. But when you have a guy who's kind of in that role and is now fa- forced to be on kickoff coverage, or who was on kickoff coverage, and had, maybe he has to take over mid-game, and you throw somebody else in. You know, that does come at a cost, where you have guys who are now starting for you, playing meaningful minutes, and are now, you can't keep them on kickoff coverage. You cannot keep them on kick or turn coverage, or punt block coverage, whatever. So from that aspect, I almost give him the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, you know, you have to look at the front office. Are they getting guys to fill some of those roles? Are they getting role players to come off the practice squad? Are they getting, you know, these, the waiver wire guys that they sign every week and have tryouts for? Are they bringing guys in to maybe fill those gaps in special teams where now you have a guy stepping up with a guy who got hurt? What, what are other moving pieces doing around you? But then, at the same side of that, you know, basically, you have a, have to have a couple guys to fill in different spots going into every game. And granted, you only got fifty three guys to work with on any given Sunday, but you should still have a couple moving pieces in place of who is going to be your backup gunner, who's going to be your backup this spot in the kick return, etc. And the fact that week after week after week after week after week you're not really filling those holes with guys who can do the job also reflects on you as a coordinator so who's the biggest that falls the front office is it just the injuries or is it the coordinator himself or maybe a combination it's probably a combination of all three if we're being honest but the idea of not being able to kind of coach those guys to do that role and we saw how a special teams coordinator transla- translated to head coach in Joe Judge. Not very well, for those of you not paying attention at home. I think yeah. Maurice Drayton is a hard hire, at least this year anyway.
1: Well, I, you know, I don't think I don't think Dan Campbell was on anybody's radar, you know, when, when we were talking about uh, this time last year, right? Like, he just came out of the blue, so... You know, maybe, maybe, but I, I don't think there's enough open jobs for that to happen. I do think, I oh know, I do think that the Packers are going to lose Nathaniel Hackett. It's but bound to happen. You yeah. think so, right? They have the, they have the in-house guy. They have the in-house guy to take over uh, the offensive coordinator job in get um, And we'll see how he does, but. When you when you really think about it, when you're talking about a quarterback coach, and I'm gonna kind of go back on my words, has he really done that good of a job in Getsey? Like you're getting all the credit for Rodgers, right? How much improvement, like Getsey, should be um, evaluated on the improvement of Jordan Love, and how much improvement? Because that's a raw canvas that is coming in with all the arm talent in the world uh, and and just needs to be fine-tuned and sharpened. So is he quite ready for a head coaching gig at at this point? What would you say, Eric? I would say no. Luke Getzey? Or Nathaniel Hackett? Yeah. Luke Getzey.
0: I would also lean to no. Not that this is not on Jordan Love. But just the fact of the matter is, I mean you kind of got a point. You look at Tim Boyle, who did start a couple games for the Lions, which I mean it's the Lions. so you know you kind of have to write that off to some degree. You have Jordan Love, who is a project quarterback. We knew that, but we I would say we have seen some positive development there too. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, my exact I believe my exact quote was each time you saw him this regular season, you did see better and better as it went along. So I will, I will give him the benefit of the doubt there. I don't necessarily put him as a, yes. a head coaching candidate. I think he's definitely, should hack Hackett leave, he's definitely a prime candidate for offensive coordinator and maybe work his way up no that way, but it. I would not have him, I would not be, and this is nothing against Luke Getz. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I would not want him to be uh, thrust in that position of power without having done it as a coordinator to this point.
1: Right, right. I totally agree. It's just, uh, he was in in, uh, in line to take over the head coaching position at the University of Akron, uh, where he was a great uh, former quarterback. Uh, that job ended up going to or former Oregon offensive coordinator, former Mississippi State head coach, Joe Moorhead. So... But that's just a little trivia, stupid news for you.
0: So I guess while we're talking about the head coaching vacancies, Justin, of the vacancies, what do you think the most attractive job out there right now is?
1: No doubt about it. I think it's Minnesota Vikings. You have a proven defense that's ready to win. You have a top three running back in the league. You have a shining, budding star in In Justin Jefferson, you have uh, a young offensive lineman that is really holding it down, had a pretty okay season, pretty good season. Um, You have a defensive line that needs to be a little shuffled. They're getting a little long in the tooth. The linebackers are getting a little long in the tooth. Hell, even Harrison Smith is getting a little long in the tooth. Um, They've got Patrick Peterson who's getting a little long in the tooth. So, They are, while that roster is the best roster out of all the jobs available, um, it's probably the best situation for a head coach to step in and win right now. It's not for long-term. They are currently in salary cap hell, uh, and they have been over the last five years, and they're starting to pay the price of it. um, When you pay a guy, uh, and this is to Ramsey's point uh, specifically this is Ramsey would love this point they're paying Kirk cousins 35 million dollars a year if they do anything with Kirk cousins trade him release him cut him he's a 45 million dollar cap hit next year they can't move him they have they, they've kind of sowed their oats and this is what they have for the next year um, so Kirk Cousins is just good enough to get you there. He's not good enough to get you over the top and he hasn't played very well as of late, not good enough to, to be worth $35 million. Um, just, just to speak bluntly. Um, I think long-term for me, the best job out there long-term would have to be Jacksonville. You have, we've talked about it a number of times Would you have a buddy young star that could be the future of your team for the next 15 years in quarterback Trevor Lawrence. You have some, some veteran wide receiver and Marvin Jones that could help this guy grow. You have a great young running back and James Robinson to, to surround him with long-term offensive linemen that can help you long-term. Um, uh, for me, if I'm the Jaguars now, I'm trying to double down. I'm getting a, I'm getting a coach that knows what the hell he's doing. Who, who's done it in the past. I love the Doug Peterson fit with the Jaguars. I don't love the, they're going to interview bill, right? Uh, tomorrow. I believe they interview Nathaniel Hackett on Friday. Um, or sat, I, I think Friday. And then Nathaniel Hackett jumps out to Denver on Saturday. Um, but I, I love the fit of Doug Peterson. And if you take if you take a Super Bowl winning head coach who did it with a backup quarterback, by the way, um, and you put him and you align him with what's going on in Jacksonville, that's the type of leadership I think Omar Khan's looking at, uh, what he wants, what he needs. Um, I think that's a perfect match in heaven um, for them to take the next step. Uh, just some organizational um, steps that, as together, they need to take. Um, and I think in a very short time, they could be a playoff team. But I also would double down, trade that second pick, right? Is it the first pick or the second pick? The Jacks. they got the, the first, first pick, pick, yeah. Yeah. I would trade down and get as many picks, high picks as I can, and try to surround Trevor Lawrence with as much as I can.
0: Yeah, I you know. I I've been kind of going back and forth on this. And and you make some good points about short term for Minnesota. Um, I'm gonna, before I get into my my answer to that question, who would you, if you know, bias aside as a Packer fan, do you have a perfect fit for Minnesota?
1: A perfect fit for Minnesota to me, and I would hate this because I would love this. Would be Brian Flores. That's exactly what um, I was thinking too. He he's the he's a he's a players coach. the The players are gonna love this guy. He's gonna turn the culture, change the culture, and he and he's built something, you know. And that's why this is so odd and so awkward that he's available. I would I if I were if I were them, I'd jump on Flores all day long.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I
0: think I think I'm gonna answer so. I, I do agree that the long-term job that's probably best is probably Jacksonville. Um, I know a lot of people are saying Denver is a great job to get. I really don't see that, to be honest with you. I, I know there's all the people saying, you know, they're a quarterback away, they're, they're this, they're this, they're that, whatever. I, I don't buy it. I don't think their defense is really as good. And the fact that you're going to be playing in the same division – as Patrick Mahomes for at least the next nine years or 10 years, whatever it ends up being, I can't remember what the exact terms of that extension were, but you're going to be playing in the same division as Mahomes every year for the next 10 years, which is more than most head coaches last can be playing in the same division as Justin Herbert for the next however many years. You're kind of walking into a position where you're maybe going to be second or third most years. And that is not a long-term career move I would be making. And then that's not even taking the Raiders into it, depending on what they do at head coach and what they do at quarterback. So you're kind of on the bottom rung in a very talented division that hasn't won since Peyton Manning limped wrist his way through a Super Bowl. So I, I guess I don't necessarily see that job as the 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 paradise that a lot of people are saying it is. But I would also say uh say kind of the same thing. I guess, Minnesota, I guess Chicago and New York are kind of death traps in that aspect, too, where if you don't succeed immediately, which I don't really think either roster is designed to right now, maybe more Chicago than New York, those are very tough jobs, tough-selling jobs to, to be sold on. Um, the Miami job is curious to me because you have a roster that is close, but you also have a quarterback that you're kind of stuck with. And a GM who thinks that he is still the greatest thing since sliced bread, who has shown a hesitancy to move on from or get additional talent from that, or from that position, uh, the Jacksonville job is a little, I guess, intriguing, but also you had Jaguars fans showing up in clown gear because they don't believe in the GM. So what do you actually have with that job aside from Trevor Lawrence and some veteran? Uh, players at this—I pl- mean, some very good veteran players—but you know, kind of the same thing yep. we talked about. You have a GM who's who's been there a few years now, and the fan base doesn't trust, and ownership is kind of very hands off. But we're so adamantly on the Urban Meyer bandwagon. I guess Minnesota does become the best job, other than maybe—I guess short term—if you look at Miami too. Where if you can convince, say, GM to get a new yeah. quarterback. Uh, because you have the roster there in place that was basically, you know, a game short of a playoff playoffs last year. And really kind of two games out this year, you regressed a game. But a quarterback away from, you know, maybe a Russell Wilson, you can bring him in. Depending on how the Deshaun Watson situation kind of shakes out. I know that's one of his destinations he would want to go to. See how that all plays out. I guess, like I said, I think the best... You're probably right in the best long-term or the best short-term job is Minnesota, but definitely going to agree with you on, on Jacksonville long-term too. And, and probably Miami is a short close runner up to that too.
1: And just to echo yeah, your I, point, I, you know, first, I wasn't even thinking about Miami. I, I love Miami, but you know, you're right. If they, if they, if they double down and get Sean Watson in Miami and and we're all assuming Deshaun Watson's going to come back and and be Deshaun Watson. You take a year off, and you're healthy. I don't know. I don't. I I don't know that Deshaun Watson comes back and he's all world anymore. You know. Right. We're, that that's something that has to be talked about. I, I loved like I loved Miami when they had Ryan Fitzpatrick. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a perfect fit. Um. I wish they would go back to that. To be quite frank with you, they probably would have made the playoffs this year. So, I, I wasn't thinking Miami, but that's a good pick. I, I'm gonna
0: say this though too. I think, I think I'm right on. I'm right on board with you on the, Doug Peterson probably being the perfect fit uh, for Jacksonville. Uh, the only other candidate I would even consider for that job, and this is just maybe from a fan perspective, considering how pissed off they were. For your last game that you end up getting a huge win against the Colts, I would consider Byron Leftwich for that job as homer. a What's that? A Homer, a Homer
1: right. decision.
0: I would consider that, I would still I lean home. Doug Peterson if you're talking about winning games now, but in terms of a fan base move, I would definitely go or at least give Brian Le- Byron Leftwich some consideration. Um, I do agree with Brian Flores. Probably the best fit for um, Minnesota, especially in the short term. Um, kind of looking at the other jobs. I, I'm just trying to think of candidates. I tell you what, like I said, I am staying all the hell away from the Giants right now. If I if I have head coaching oh, aspirations, duh. I think they maybe pull a Houston route and get a, a go. Kind of look at like getting a a. Retread guy who's never, what, David Cully, is that his name? I know we bashed that hire pretty yep. pretty heavily on these these airwaves, but if I'm the Giants, I almost probably consider that as a, and unless you're that committed to bringing guys in. I don't know what their cap situation is, but that's where I would probably lean kind of on a job. Maybe that is a good job for Leslie Frazier. I don't know. Uh, maybe Vic Vangio goes out there, or unless he takes a year off too, but I don't I love wish. the Denver job either. The Chicago job's a an interesting one. I don't want to see Nathaniel Hackett go there, but I think he'd be an interesting fit there, especially with a young quarterback to
1: mold. I think I'm so surprised. I'm I'm more surprised that they haven't tried to reach out to Ryan Day at Ohio State. That was kind of been the chatter for for such a long time. Is that they would try to reach out, see if he would possibly be interested in reuniting with. Justin Fields and, and and recreating some magic in Chicago. So maybe that's still coming down the line, but I don't know. I'm I'm just surprised by that. It seems like it'd be every year you hear of some college coach doing it. They yeah, just for don't the, like the for fit the of the longest John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh. And for the longest
0: time it was it was uh oh. Lincoln Riley, but now that he's got the new job in USC, I I would say it's safe to say he's not going into the NFL anytime soon, so
1: no. Not making as much money as he makes. Holy shit. <laughs> Hell no. Nine, ten million dollars a year. And you get to live Hell in LA. No. Hell yeah. <laughs> you get to go out to the Coliseum and watch the race there. Hell yeah, the clash. Yeah. That's uh That track's almost done. Did you see that? I did. I saw that. It looks really good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much I like this idea. Ramsey probably makes some great points and proved to me that it's a great idea. But the way it looks, the way it's configured, how it's going to work, I don't know that I'm in love with it right now.
0: Well, at the very least, it's a meaningless race, all things considered. So it's not like they're doing a points race there. True. So I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt there. And it's a way into the L.A. market where, I mean, besides that, you're racing Sonoma and Fontana. So yeah. I, I guess it's a way to do it. It's maybe not the way that I would go. But I also don't know what the way I would go would be either. So we'll see how it plays out. That's a couple weeks away. I'm sure we'll talk about that more as it gets closer. But as we kind of look now, uh, we, you know, we talked Quite a bit about the NFL as a whole. Uh, wouldn't you say we talk about some Green Bay Packers here? Green Bay Packers uh, end up finishing the regular season at thirteen and four, uh, to no one's surprise. Uh, end up resting their guys for at least the second half of the game against Detroit. Uh, Detroit gets a kind of a, I guess, a backdoor win, if you will. And yeah. kind of lots, lots of kind of breakdown from that game. I mean, yes, or a lot, not a lot. I mean. Uh, the first half, the offense proved that they can, as always, score at will through the air. Um, I'm very confident in the Packers offense heading into the divisional round and the playoffs as a whole.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's there's really, you know, we're going to be so deep into this Packers conversation next week. The only real thing we need to talk about is, is, is how we came out of this. And we saw exactly what we wanted to see. And the one interesting, the most interesting thing out of all of it for me uh, this week was seeing that we came out healthy and that we had Bakhtiari take some snaps at left go- or left tackle, which is one of the keys that we talked about on the show that we needed to see. We needed to break the rust off. And not only that, but we saw Josh Myers uh, come back at center and knock some of the rust off. I think the interesting fact about that, Eric, is, and not enough people are talking about this, is that not only did they bring uh, Josh Myers back in to start at center, but they pushed Lucas Patrick over to right guard and bounced Royce Newman out of the starting lineup, and he's kind of going to jump into that swing role. We are getting so many guys back now. This is going to be interesting to see what happens. You're going to take big Rob Kelly out of the starting lineup because we're getting Billy Turner back. How, how is the, uh, the, the defensive rotation going to work on our outside linebackers with Zadarius coming back and, you know, maybe I'm jumping the gun and hopefully he's going to be able to go. And we can tell you that for sure on next week's episode, but Ja. Jair Alexander coming back. What happens there? Does Eric Stokes run to the slot or does he go to the other side? Has Rasul Douglas really cornered down that side of the field as our number two cornerback? Um, does Eric Stokes take the slot cornerback and we bounce Chandon Sullivan? Either way, Chandon Sullivan's coming off the field. And I didn't really I wasn't really impressed with playing guys like Darnell Savage late. Uh playing A.J. Dillon late, uh, some of our offensive linemen late, John Runyon, uh, who has been such a cornerstone at left guard this year, uh, so late. I, I'm just, I thought there were some risky decisions and we're lucky that we got out of it. Uh, unscathed, for the most part. Uh, what is the, what is the injury status on MVS? What, what was his, what's his deal? That is a good question that I kind of overlooked,
0: um, so I will look that up as I speak here and see what we can do. As... Another
1: and, and and another quick, yeah, another quick guy that they're getting back is is and these are two key points. They're getting the return guy Moore back, right? David Moore. Yes, they're going to get him back off. He, the He's already of the been list. activated. They're getting, yeah, they're going to get Cobb back off of the list. Who are they sitting down? Are they sitting down Winfrey? Are they sitting down Rodgers? What about Equanimia St. Brown? How many wide receivers are we carrying uh, for the playoffs? Well, how many offensive linemen are we carrying for the, for the playoffs? I thought one guy that had a hell of a game that didn't get enough talked about in the first half that – was beautiful, it was Dean Lowry. I thought he played outstanding. Oh, definitely, definitely quarter
0: agree of, with uh, quarter and Dean Lowry. So, uh, per MVS, <clears throat> he did a, a interview on Monday nights or through the USA Today Network uh, called Monday's Clubhouse Live. The question was You had to leave Sunday's game against the Lions with a back injury. What happened? How are you feeling? And will we see you back on the field in time for the divisional playoff game? MVS answered, yeah, I'm alright. I'm good. Tough guy, so I won't be missing too much time. We'll be alright. Doesn't really say what he happened. It was a back injury, I think it's officially reported. Probably in an abundance of caution if he's okay. You know, if he's just a little dinged up, probably a good time to remove him. Uh, he wasn't expected to probably play too too much anyway in that game. But yeah. that's kind of the front there. Another thing to consider, and a name that you didn't mention yet, was Randall Cobb being activated. And returning to practice a week ago, uh, prior to the Vikings game, getting that official designated to return tag. Uh, same was Darius Smith now, uh, who did practice today. If I'm not mistaken, if I had heard that correct, I believe he did practice today. Um,
1: I think so too. I I do agree with that.
0: So I'd have to look exactly are they, are they, how that what the the designations of guys practicing and not practicing today were. Um, he let's see, just looking at here. So, this is coming from uh Eric Upton in the 1265 report. Aaron Rodgers did practice. Zadarius Smith, Ray, Aaron Jones, Randall Cobbs, Devondra Campbell, Jay Alexander, Billy Turner, Ty Summers all returned to action. So, what that means, this is per Mike Spofford actually of Packers.com. Uh, not practicing today were MVS, Kingsley Kiki,
1: and David Bakhtiari. Ooh. So gotta be
0: it, it's Wednesday of the bye week I'm not writing too much into that or reading too much into that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but Zadarius Smith officially returned to practice today, which does make him uh, his 21-day window to be activated to the active roster starts as of today. Uh, Billy Turner was officially activated off the COVID list. So he's in that. He's kind of, I think he's officially a go then. So he'll be yep. back in time for uh, the divisional game, whoever that ends up that's being. Huge.
1: I still don't know that you start him though. Like that's scary. Also, like Dennis Kelly's been so good out there at right tackle.
0: Uh, Ty Summers
1: is also designated <laughs> as returned
0: from from uh, injury today, too.
1: That's the thing about. The offensive lineman returning is like uh, our offensive line has just been so good. How do you, how do you justify taking people out? Who that is, yeah, that's about? tough.
0: I, I, you know, I know last week, and just to kind of bounce around on this, I know last week we had talked about um, needing to see guys get game snaps, and and we saw Bakhtiar, we saw Myers. I think it's very important, for, I, just from a rhythm standpoint, of getting the offensive line guys back. Personally speaking, I'm not worried that Jair Alexander did not per, uh, participate in the game Sunday. I think of anybody who right. can't afford to just kind of jump in, I think it is him of the guys. And I think Zadarius Smith doesn't really concern me that we didn't see him in the regular season since week one. So I, I think that's all fine and dandy, I guess, on that front. I'm not too concerned that neither one of them played a whole lot or didn't play. Um Throughout the regular season, I think those guys... Josh Myers doesn't scare you? Josh Myers did play. So I'm saying of the guys that we are talking about who had to play versus Um, didn't have to. Very glad to see Bakhtiari. Very glad to see Josh Myers. I'm okay with Jair not playing, and I'm especially okay with with Zadarius not playing. I'm not too worried about him uh, not having regular season snaps.
1: Billy Turner? Billy
0: Turner's a coin flip because I I think the offensive line does need that to have that symmetry to have the, um, you know the rhythm going, and why would you make too many moving parts when you don't have to? Uh, Billy Turner has been right. a proven commodity though too, so I guess in that aspect I I'm really torn. I mean if if he gets, I guess it I guess the one positive thing is is. If you activate him and you have him in the starting lineup, if you have him taking snaps the next two weeks, you'll get that in practice. I mean, I'm not too too worried, I guess, again, on that front. But worst-case scenario, if he's not, I guess, good to go, you have proven guys that can. You can throw it. You could put Kelly back in. You could run. Maybe you sneak Lucas Patrick back in or, you know, whoever you have to. um to play those roles, so I, I guess and at the end of the day, would I love would I have loved to see him? Sure, but at the same time, I don't think he's end of the world because he didn't. I mean, he didn't really miss as much time as say Bakhtiari, because Bakhtiari has been out for a whole calendar year and then some. He didn't miss as much time as a rookie. So Josh Myers, who has to be so in sync with Aaron at that center position, he didn't miss as much time as that. Billy Turner's an NFL vet. Yeah, I, I I feel more confident in him than I do those other two, if that makes sense.
1: It totally makes sense. I, I you know, it's just asking the thought. Uh, it, it's a it's a very it's a very interesting question that you know people get paid lots of money to make those decisions. I, I found it interesting that they came in and they started those guys right away. Um, and I thought the the most interesting part of the move was, and I've thought Royce Newman's played outstanding all year long, also. But to to move bounce him out of the starting lineup and move Lucas Patrick over to right guard was an interesting an interesting decision. I, I would have thought that. Um, Maybe you leave you leave the the rookie center uh, kind of uh, the filler inner and 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 uh, leave the experienced Lucas Patrick at center. He's had such a good rapport with Rogers all year long that um, maybe you don't want to mix that up going into the divisional round.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I, I think that is. An interesting cons or at least conversation to have about how that all shook out. Um, I got I, like I said I, I I think if you're really committed to Josh Myers long term and I think Aaron has more I I would I'd be really hesitant to say he has more trust but I think if you think you know kind of looking at these teams you might play in the playoffs your odds are going to be playing L A or Arizona, maybe San Francisco. If you think that Josh Myers is a better fit up the middle as a you know bigger guy and a little bit more physical, I guess. If you think that's the better fit for that game, go for. I guess the, I think that maybe it's just that they're g- make wanting him to be fluid and back in the rhythm of things, because Lucas Patrick has that rapport, mm. and maybe to get that back in that rhythm, I, I'm not sure. But that's maybe that's really the only theory I got on that on that front.
1: Well, it's interesting. It'll be an interesting decision. They've got two weeks to uh, decipher what's going to happen here. And, um, yeah. Ho- hopefully, it works out. Obviously, got to be good run blockers. We're and running definitely. the ball, in, in, in January is going to be the name of the game. And the whole reason they drafted AJ Dillon, which is why I was so leery on why we seen him so late in that game. Uh, Sunday, you know, we're gonna we're gonna rely on him heavily uh, in January. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this guy grow. Uh, I'm not talking physically. I'm talking mentally and and how he how how good of a running back he's gonna be. He's a workhorse, and he's improving game by game. He's had a terrific season.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, you said everything and more. So I guess all that's really left to do is put a bow on on um, regular season and look ahead to the wild super wild card weekend. And we saw a lot of good things. Packers ended up having or being tied technically, I guess, for the best record in the, in the NFL. Um Odds on Super Bowl favorite, odds on MVP favorite, in Aaron Rodgers. Good time to be a Packer fan, and really just a good time to be an NFL fan as we head towards uh, Super Wildcard Weekend. Justin, any parting thoughts on the NFL before we put a ball on this episode?
1: Uh I don't know. I think I think the one thing I'm, I would like to ask you, Eric, is how did you feel about the extra week? Yeah, um I think that's probably like going into the off season that's probably what's going to be the biggest uh, conversational piece as far as players union and in in the in the ownership, right? Like what did we get out of that? What did what did the uh, players gain out of that? What did the NFL gain out of that? Was it perfect? I mean, you saw a lot of drama come down to, quite frankly, the last the last minute, all the way up until 11.30 on Sunday night uh, to figure out who's going to the playoffs. And it could have been, a, I think it's everything that uh, ownership and, and Roger Goodell from NFL wanted, right? They, they exceeded expectations with it. I don't know that the that the players' union is going to love this, and, and I'd be interested to see where where this all sits. That would be my one-party shot on the regular season and, and what we got out of that.
0: Yeah, you know, my perspective of, I mean, I guess from the, from the fans' point of view, it's it's always better to have a game that counts. Um, it's You know, they knock out one of the preseason games, they add that extra regular season game, I would be intrigued to see if maybe they talk if they're going to keep the seventeen game schedule going, which revenue purposes I think they almost have to. I think that's going to be a hard yeah. sell for the NFL to kind of give up. But from a perspective of maybe they look at an extra bye week for the players, maybe they you know so you have two, maybe you push out you know maybe a week in between the regular season and the preseason ending, because um, you know it's it's. Start
1: the season early. Yeah
0: some sort of, of way to maybe balance it out cuz you I looked at uh you know I was going through my phone today and and I have that app Time Hop where it gives you kind of your memories from that particular day x amount of years ago and we're not even technically starting wildcard weekend yet and this weekend two two short years ago was division round of the playoffs already this day two years ago was the wow. Packers beating the Seahawks at Lambeau, um, which Rams and I att- very, 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 very infamously attended. Um, so just kind of how that all pushes back, I mean, you you look at that perspective, you look at, you know, kind of some of these NFL team record or NFL records and, and team records of, of, okay, yeah, but there's an extra game unless you miss time for injury, because that's, that's the thing. I mean, some of these guys missed at least a game with you know with some sort of contact tracing or COVID. Or so for a lot of guys, it ends up being a 16 game season anyway. You looked at like the Bengals who sat their younger guys this week. You looked at the Packers who um, Aaron and so many other pointed out as why would Aaron Rodgers who doesn't play preseason play a meaningless game if he's going to boycott the Super Bowl or whatever if he doesn't care about this team? Kind of a fun talking point on that front, but. I, I, I guess I'm kind of wishy-washy on them. I guess I usually tend to side with players on these types of things because I do think. First yeah. of all, I think the Thursday night football is a joke. I know it's not going any way, uh, going away anytime soon, but I think it's a joke for health and safety or whatever. And to add an extra game into that, I guess it's a really hard sell for me as a you know as a fan of players, for health purposes. But I also love fo- you know watching football. Uh, more, Absolutely. Time, more uh, weekends a year. So I guess from that perspective, I'm I'm going to probably be good with whatever shakes out. And if this is going to be a regular thing, I'm all for it. If it's going to be something that gets canned after whenever the CBA is done or whatever, I guess I'm for it in
1: that aspect too. But yeah, I think it'll be one of the most interesting hot button topics uh, of the off season outside of you know the regular free agency what the salary cap's going to be um who moves where and, and 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 all that jam you know maybe do do they with the with the added week what kind of changes do they make to to the regular season do they trade do they do they move the trade deadline later in the season do they add more guys to a roster what can they do to help alleviate uh, some of the strain on these teams as the season gets deeper um, into the year? So,
0: well, I tell I you, I think one it's going to be
1: one of the most interesting topics.
0: I tell you one thing: I am a big fan of continuing long term is is having this unlimited IR returning players. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of. Um, the expanded, you know, being able to call up guys for game day from the practice squad. I think that makes a lot of sense. I know that's been kind of one of those quote unquote COVID rules, but I, I like that rule a lot. I think that needs to stay.
1: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't disagree with you. I, I wouldn't. The more jobs we can give guys, the better, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, big fan of that move. Big fan
0: of looking at um, possibly adding a couple extra spots to game day roster. So you don't have to have, only 53 guys I think you're you know a lot of a lot of critics would say that maybe it diminishes the the element of what it means to be on an NFL roster I don't I think that's a lot of crap but a load of crap I think maybe if you add five roster spots to get to 58 or some you know odd number or something you know because it's never going to be an even you know 60 or 55 or something like that but Maybe to right. add something, you know, add five extra spots to the regular season roster. Add that, you know, continue this where you can have unlimited guys designated to return from, from the IR and can pull them off for three weeks. So that, that's been a big thing too in um, keeping players healthy and and kind of do, for their own good and keeping them out for three weeks at a crack. And if they go back to it, then they're done. I think that's an excellent move.
1: There's so much, there's so much to like about it, but there's so much to, to improve upon what they've already got. So it's exciting. I think it's good. Like, like we just spent what ten minutes on it, and you know, and we've covered on a number of topics on what the 17th game means and what it could do for so many people down the road, and, and where this goes, you know, do they? Hell, do they even add an extra round to the? To the draft, yeah, you that know, too. that's something. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff um, that this extra game could add on. Um, so it'll be. I think it's going to be the hottest topic over outside of the regular topics. Um, obviously, free agency trades, coaching hires, all that, all that other stuff. Um, but when it comes to to the business side of the NFL. I think this is going to be the hottest hot-button topic um, coming out of the year. Now, are we wrapping this show up, Eric? Are Are we done for the day? I was good. Did you have anything else? Yes, I have one thing. I have the stat of the day, okay? One stat that I... I know you're not going to get this right. All right, let's hear it. Are you ready? This is trivia question of the day. All right, let's go. How long has Tony Bennett been the head coach at the University of Virginia?
0: Tony Bennett, the head coach at the University of Virginia, he has been there 13 years. Huh? 13 years.
1: You son of a bitch, you
0: looked it up. I didn't. I promise you I didn't. You looked, You nailed it. You were watching the game. I do have it on, but I didn't see that. That was that was a straight. Yeah, you
1: did. You lying savage.
0: I, I swear to God on spring training baseball that I did not when see I, that or I did not look it when up. i I seen
1: 13 years, I about almost jumped out of my chair. Like, are you kidding me? It's been that long already? Like, that's. That's amazing to me has not felt that long has it felt that long to you um uh, so put, let me over put this half in your life Eric let me put this in over half your life
0: that has been that is, that is accurate let me put this in perspective though for just a second so here's and I like I said I promise you I did not see this on the broadcast I didn't look I wasn't watching that closely of this because you know I you know I'm back here in studio controlling all the buttons and make this thing operate I figured, so I saw Tony Bennett return to Green Bay. That was my senior high school. That's eight years ago now. That I saw him uh, come bring Virginia into the Rush Center, and lose to the Green Bay Phoenix. So that was a season they are a number one seed. I figured, okay, you know that's that's eight years ago. Uh, obviously, you need some time to build that up into a number one seed program. And especially in college basketball, and at the time how college basketball was, that didn't exactly happen overnight. I I don't know why I picked 13, to be honest with you. I just kind of – I figured five years, maybe more than four. I was kind of between 12 and 13. But that's just kind of how I got to that decision.
1: So, yeah, start of the day, trivia question my ass. Nice job, Eric. Thank you. I'll give you the, the, the thumbs up, props up. You won. The doll trivia question of the day. All right, so with that, we put a bow on the. I think episode. that's. I think that's a, I think that's a segment we should keep.
0: If, I should come up with one with that. a
1: trivia question. Yeah, if you're willing to
0: do that, by all means, by all do means. All
1: right. Maybe the next one will be the the reason why they call it War Eagle instead of. I was supposed to look that up. I didn't get that done. Sorry. <laughs>
0: it's all good. So with yeah. that, we'll put a bow on the episode with what we are rooting for this coming upcoming week. And I mean, I think we're probably going to be on the same page here. Big co- or NFL weekend. I was going to say college football weekend, but that's in the books, big NFL weekend. Uh, with super wild card weekend. And that's where I'm going to lean. And obviously maybe I'll catch a bucks game or two in the next week or so, but a uh, big weekend, at least for the Phoenix as well. College basketball, um, as they kind of get back in the swing of things, men are having a week off due to health and safety protocol, and the women kind of continuing theirs. They almost knocked off, uh, believe they played, young no, they played uh, IUPUI on Thursday and then lost in a close game. and came down to the final shot, and then taking a win from, I believe they played Wright State on Saturday. And got a win there. So big weekend coming up for the Wisconsin or Green Bay uh, UW Green Bay women and then the men returning to action. They are playing host. So a lot of basketball in Green Bay, Wisconsin this week, as both the men and women are at home. Your Green Bay Phoenix men started off on Thursday night, tomorrow night, release day. Playing at seven o'clock, host to IUPUI. Green Bay, a ten point favorite in that one. The women are they will host the Jaguars. They are the Jaguars. Yes, got that right. The, the women play Friday night where they'll play a 7 o'clock game against Cleveland State at home at the Crest Center. And then on Saturday, we look at the men. I believe that would their travel partner would be Wright State with that. And it, it actually, it's UIC. Uh, so I was wrong on that front. So UIC comes to the uh, Rush Center on Saturday. And then back at the Crest Center Sunday afternoon, for a little matinee women's basketball with the Green Bay Phoenix women hosting Purdue Fort Wayne, the Mastodons.
1: That is a name and a half, huh? The Mastodons. I kind of like it. Absolutely. Justin, What is your? what are you ready for in the next week? I had it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Eric, you're a Gillette alum. That's factual, Right? Yep. That's facts, right? Ramsey, a Gillette alum. That's false. Ramsey's a suring alum. All right, I'm sorry. Suring alum. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Suring alum. Facts. Gillette. Burst suring. Girls basketball. Saturday. Does not get bigger than that. It'll be a a pretty packed gym. Gillette girls, seven and three. I'm proud of my team. My former girls, they're doing a great job, hanging in there tough. Uh, just just came off some, uh, they're reeling off some big wins here. They beat Menominee, Michigan by four. They've beaten Krivitz. They've beaten uh, Niagara up in Niagara, and, and they're doing a great job. They play Oneida tomorrow night, but the big one Saturday against Surrey at home in Gillen. If you can't get there, watch it on NFHS. Go Tigers.
0: All right, good stuff. We're going to wrap the episode off On that high note, go Tigers as well. I know Ramsey would probably say go Eagles, but he's not here, so he won't. So we're going to wrap it up with a go Tigers, go Phoenix, and let's be real here, go football as well for Sunday and Saturday and Monday. This is the Root Wisconsin Show. Episode 57 is in the books. We are out. See you.
1: Salud.